listeners, family, friends, enemies, countrymen, lend me your ears. That is the finale episode of Radar Peak. Welcome. <sighs> Welcome. Can you I believe mean, it? Can you believe how much is all just converging at once? Our final episode, Gwyneth Paltrow's trial. Uh, the indictment of Donald Trump. The indictment fingers of, crossed. Yeah. Oh, the conclusive decision around what Umuamua actually is. Oh, right. Which was devastating to me. I know. And I'm sure to you. It's apparently just passing gas. It's literally passing gas. Like that's explaining like the propulsion, right? Like the weird speed ups or whatever. I don't know. It feels very like big science wanting to like put the extra terrestrial theories to bed and just discredit avi Loeb. yep yet again yet again and listen avi dr Loeb, rather if you're out there listening um i believe you i think i do too actually especially with that report from the pentagon saying that not saying omuamua was a scout but that saying that there's not a zero percent chance likelihood of there being a mothership somewhere in our galaxy sending out probes the pentagon said it so Amuamua is a really good safe word yeah right right that'll be our safe word okay it's important to have a safe word with with friends because i certainly take things too far <laughs> I was actually one of my not big of truths this week was about like scientists getting closer to understanding like what smell is. I mean, like, I mean, I know they understand it, but like figuring out like actually what happens. Like when the phenomena he, of experiencing human, smell. Yeah, like something Whoa. to do with like the olfactory receptors and like, I don't know. That's crazy. Apparently this is a whole field. Of just understanding smell? Yeah. That's like cutting edge, but that's not my big of true this week, so I didn't read the entire article. Oh my god, when we get there, my big of true I think is probably the craziest thing I've come across. That's all I'm going to say for now. Okay. You brought up Gwyneth Paltrow. That has been- Have you been keeping up? So captivating to me. Same. But also I haven't watched a lot of clips. Oh, well, I mean, I've been watching it live. So like when when ABC or like whoever is carrying live coverage or the Associated Press or whoever, it's just such amazing theater, I feel like. I mean, the guy, who knows? I don't have an opinion. If you guys don't know. I'm very team free Gwyneth. Gwyneth Paltrow is being sued by some guy who allegedly hit or she got hit by or he got hit by her on a ski mountain. He alleges that she was distracted by her children while skiing down a mountain and plowed into him, causing him permanent brain damage. He can't taste damage. wine anymore. He can't enjoy <laughs> wine tastings. It's like it's like the White Lotus season three almost. He sounds like just the biggest fucking jerk off. The joke I saw on Twitter was because he's an optometrist. Okay. Like he didn't see it coming. <laughs> I couldn't believe it, but she's countersuing him for one dollar. The symbolic one dollar is such a great fuck you. I feel so like sexy. I mean, made famous by Tay Tay, right? Taylor Swift, yes, legendary. It's just the principle of the thing. Yeah, but he, I guess, initially sued her for like three and a half million dollars, and right. then and then dropped his ask to three hundred thousand dollars. Which I mean, I'm no legal expert, but it's like if you're in the right and you're owed whatever you're asking for, why are you dropping the amount that you're suing someone for? And I think the the judge dismissed like the request for like punitive damages mm-hmm. as well or something like that anyway i really i'm i'm team gwyneth and obviously. there's alleged gopro footage of the event that he can't present or provide what for one reason or another he like can't locate it it's so crazy and it's like we've all been in ski accidents i wonder at what point he knew it was gwyneth paltrow well that's the thing apparently one of his daughters said that when he found out it was gwyneth paltrow he became obsessed with trying to sue her allegedly allegedly that's fucked i'm like damn that's savage the daughter turning against you like that what'd you forget her birthday she did that period period but yeah free gwyneth we have to protect the inventor of the vaginal jade egg at all costs yes queen goop herself i really hope she wins and it's so public it's so wild it's like the hottest thing since the johnny depp amber her trial oh my god we've seen so much this year it has been such a roller coaster truly chief among them the one we've been taking through this book i know i told you once we put the pedal to the floor we were not slowing down it's i'm not like, even i'm not even ready to go there Brett. we have taken <laughs> enough time sort of like diving into the minutiae of like the universe that's being built and now that that's all set in stone we're like let's ride you know what i mean i really do you were like this book is basically the prequel to it's the first scene yeah and now i got it i also wanted to tell you i had french french friends what time of day is french like noon oh okay i had 
So a little before brunch. Yeah, like right when they're cutting off brunch. No, sorry. Breakfast. A little after. Well, brunch, what time do you consider brunch? Until one. Oh, really? I consider yeah. brunch is like, I guess it is kind of 10 to one. Yeah. You know what? It might have been one. We'll call it one. But we all got eggs. We all got pancakes. Okay. And we all got hash browns. Work. And I was having this brunch with our friends mm-hmm. and her little brother. And her brother works. Her adult little brother. Her adult little brother works for. He's five and he's throwing back bottomless mimosas. (laughs) And works for Virgin Galactic. Oh, amazing. Um, They're having a hard time right now. Okay, so you do know. I just know sort of they're having a hard time right now. And they're basically more or less looking at insolvency. Yeah. He was furloughed. Ugh. Um, but now, did you see? I forget who it was. Someone just like there's part there's possibility of like came in and like saved the day. Kind new of investor. Thing. Oh wow! Yeah, Virgin's whole thing. It kind of it's. I like what they're doing, but it's kind of unfortunate to me because it's like their whole thing is they take rockets into space, piggybacking off of airplanes, right? I guess. Well, and there's also like, Virgin Galactic. Right. But I mean, what their whole thing is like, they're not launching rockets off of launch pads like NASA or SpaceX. They're they're piggybacking off of planes that get them up to a certain point, And then the rocket blasts and then takes off from upper plane atmospheres out into wherever it's going. And I'm just like, it feels like a tough game to try to be reinventing a wheel that spacex love them or hate them has like kind of seemingly perfected with the relaunchable reusable rockets i mean now like who has spacex as of like a couple of weeks ago they just reused a rocket booster for like the hundredth time or something oh wow well funnily enough uh the person who's gonna like basically buy virgin orbit Mm -hmm. is a venture capitalist from spacex oh vcs vcs have been having a hell of a time lately because of starting the Silicon Valley Bank. <laughs> yeah, well, he's doing okay. He's, uh, yeah, he backed SpaceX and OpenAI. Matthew Brown of the Matthew Brown Companies. Okay. He is confirmed as being in funding talks with Virgin Orbit. Okay. And he would become the owner of Virgin Orbit. Might be investing $200 million. But, you know, SpaceX has figured something out. Maybe he'll be able to do it with uh, Virgin Galactic. When they asked him if he ever plans to go to space, uh-huh. he said, no, because no, I don't. Real fun guy. Okay. <laughs> and then the article that I was reading, they were like, well, no is a complete sentence. <laughs> I mean, that's true. They yeah. are right. Girls, remember that. No is a complete sentence. That's the first thing I thought Take of. Take it from Matthew Brown. Wow. Venture capitalist Matthew Brown. It's like Jeff Bezos. The first thing he wanted to do with Blue Origin was go into space. It's interesting. Somebody buy it. Maybe he doesn't have confidence in the product. My understanding is Virgin Orbit is more about satellites, right? I actually couldn't say. I really follow NASA and SpaceX. And that's kind of it. Oh, interesting. Okay, here you go. Virgin Orbit's main differentiator is its ability to perform horizontal launches. Right, from a plane. Using its launcher system, right, from a Boeing. I guess you already did know. Drop the rocket from a plane approach. I'm also like, that's it's impressive. But like, at least with SpaceX, like the thing goes up and comes back down and they reuse that thing for other missions. It's not like they have to rely on external hardware. Like they, it's, it's all complete, all in one package to me. Right. Well, I was obviously picking the brain mm-hmm. of our good friend. The rocket scientist. The, rock, the literal cool, rocket scientist. It's such scientist. a cool job. And I was just like, tell me everything. Yeah, seriously. And Are there aliens? Yeah, I asked him if he's... He's like, well, I don't think we're alone. He he was... He would be cool to have on the Patreon because... Let's do it. He was very like an open book. Like he was not like keeping any secrets. I don't even know. He might have broken several NDAs and talking to me. We stand a rocket scientist who is not a gatekeeper. He... He used to work for what I learned is called an electric boat company. Okay. Which is actually a manufacturer of naval submarines. And they're called an electric boat company? Yeah. And funnily enough, one of the January 6th rioters oh boy. was his co-worker. Oh, no. And if you look him up, the you know, he's... he's in jail um he they like you know there's a little like sort of like buy on him and it talks about he worked at this electric boat company and i'm just like oh electric boat company is a euphemism yeah it is the ultimate euphemism oh my god they create fucking nuclear submarines jesus and his like and and mind you i went to high school with this guy that's crazy. and it's just so fucking crazy that like some people some people went to a liberal arts college and got a degree in english mm-hmm. and then some people went somewhere else and figured 
figured out how to create nuclear propulsion submarines mm-hmm. <laughs> and like worked for the defense industry. What a different life we could have had. Truly. I was like, wow. I mean, I just wanted to ask. I was like, what, what do you think would be the most important advancement in science and technology? Uh-huh. And he said, without a doubt, sustainable energy. Well, yeah. Well, duh. And I was like, okay, well, where do you think sustainable energy will come from ultimately? And he, you know, he, he's very impartial. He thinks it could be anything. But I was like, fusion, nuclear fusion. I mean, yeah, that was the buzz earlier this year. And he was like, basically, he was really explaining to me, like, in fucking, like, like really getting into the brass tacks of it all, mm-hmm. of just like why nuclear fusion energy is so hard. And yeah, but right now he he does freaking fizz, fizz of energy. It's it's fucking insane. For electric and boats. For electric. Well, no, he no oh, longer no, no. works this for is, the electric This boats. is our friend whose brother works for Virgin. Yes, but used to work for electric boats. That's crazy. He would be a me. really good bonus episode, right? I think we do it. Right? It could yeah. be so he also was like, well, you know, I'm furloughed, so there's no time like now Great. if you want to do an interview. Right. Say no more. Right? I have so, I just like there's so many questions. Have our people call his people. Yeah. We'll make that happen. We will. Anyways. And we'll let you all know when that happens. That's right. 32 episodes later. I have some bad news. Oh, God. Is this the thing that you told me you were going to surprise me with something? No. That's later. You have bad news and a surprise? (laughs) To me, like, a surprise is bad enough. I actually made a really big decision. Have you downloaded a new AI? Am I being replaced? I'm not replacing you, Brett. But this podcast, as you know it, is ending. Well, I mean, yeah, it is the finale. (laughs) No, I, I wanted to say this live on air. Oh, fuck. Allie, you know I fucking hate surprises. It's not that I don't want to host with you, Brett. It's that I can't. I decided to sign up for the Marines. I just feel like if I join the Marines, like at least I'll have a community and I'll have a purpose. And I don't know. It was just like I was driving through LA and I just saw the billboard and it had this female Marine on it. And I just thought to myself, fuck it. Like that could be me. I could I could serve my country. It's not too late to serve my country. And it's going to be so hard because I love doing this podcast with you. I love it. And maybe, may, I doubt it, I have my medical check next week where it's like, you know, you go in and, and who knows? May, they might say, you're not cut out for the Marines. They might send me down to the Army. In which case, I'll say, okay. But all I know is that I'm ready to give back to this great, great country and fight for justice and freedom. So you're welcome, Brett. And this has been really, I mean, it's been such a great experience. And, you know, just uh, send me my royalties in the mail, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I like all of your jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Except that one. <laughs> oh. April Fool's. I thought of it on my way over here. I was like, oh, you know what I'm going to do for the final episode? I'm going to pretend I'm joining the army. I would go through the 12 steps if you decided not to host the next season. It would be a long 12 steps. But if it was for the Marines. <laughs> Wait, the 12 steps of what? Of grieving. There Are there 12 steps? I thought there was only five. Are there only five? There's 12 steps of AA. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe I would go through the five of grieving and the 12 of AA. Who knows? <laughs> You would push me to such a length. Would that not be the greatest, like, just character twist of all time? Biggest self-practical joke you could pull. (laughs) And to be clear, I don't mean for people signing up for the armed services. Like, that's definitely a calling. And if that's your calling, like, thanks for doing it. But I mean just you personally. I can't imagine you without access to, like, weed when you need it, mushrooms if you need it. But think about all the respect I would get at airports and baseball games. It's true. You would get to board first. (laughs) And then also my next thought was, have you told Melanie this? No, this is going to be the first she's hearing it. Yeah, like you, you, you would let her find out that you were signing up to go to the front lines on an episode of the podcast. Like unnecessary stress and overloading electrical activity in my circuit. That's all I'm going to say about that. We'll be here longer than you want. I promise you that. Yeah, we dear uh, listener. Literally, we will be the cockroaches of sci-fi podcasts. <gasps> we are going nowhere. I know, truly.
I finally started reading a different book. That's, I mean, now that there's time. I know. Or at least I picked it up. I didn't open it. I was just Wait. like, I will be reading this book. You read the cover and you said, I read a book today. <laughs> no, I read I read the first chapter like four months ago. And okay. I've been like wanting to read the second chapter so bad. I'm uh-huh. just like, I'm gonna any day now. All right. We'll see about that. But then I was like, I had all these great ideas for TikToks, Brett. They're just so time consuming. TikTok is a full time job, but also something else that happened this week. We may not even have to worry about TikTok that much longer. That's what they keep saying. But what? They're getting rid of it in America? It seems like there's bipartisan support from Democrats and Republicans to ban access to TikTok in the U.S. Period. Period. I'm not mad at it. Let's start over. No, I'm like, where else are we going to go? Meta. No, someone will build a U.S. TikTok. Yeah, right. Meta, it's like up to them, right? I mean, like, it's definitely not going to happen on the side of Twitter, the flaming dumpster fire that is Elon's Twitter. But, like, there's enough. Meta is like an abandoned amusement park. Of a social media site, forget about Facebook. True. Instagram is literally dead. Isn't Meta like focused on their The Metaverse, I believe, is dead. Is it? Officially. I think officially. They were just like, oh, no one wants this. Yeah. Did you see it? That (laughs) that avatar of Mark Zuckerberg was literally nightmare fuel. It was yeah, it was the biggest show. The graphics on the Nintendo Wii are better. Are you saying that Meta is gonna rebrand and make TikTok? They would have to, but like look at the products that Meta are putting out right now. It's Facebook and Instagram, and they are flaming garbage. So maybe that's all, folks. But maybe like, I don't know, maybe, what was his name? Matthew Daniels will come along and and back some, some venture capitalists will back some new startup. You know what I mean? The thing that's so crazy to me, though, is like these people, Democrats and Republicans, are not pearl clutching over the horror that is access to your data because you can buy people's data that's in far more acute detail from data brokers in the united states facebook does it instagram does it right it just has to do with it being a chinese company right? it's just the fact that they don't have control over it speaking of things i don't know enough about to Ooh, speak on let's I, dive oof. into our big, big if true the final episode i'm so sad it's our last one you know what honestly how about this of the season let's keep our big if true going as a semi-monthly show on our patreon Love that. And the entire episode will just be things that are big if true. So if you have enjoyed this segment, come over and join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Radar Peak. There are multiple levels you can join at from as low as the price of an app download to if you are trying to burn your money like you're subscribing to Twitter Blue. That's right. You can come and join us and we would love to have you. There's multiple perks. So... Without any further ado. Now, when I said I have no business talking about certain things, I really mean it. But I read this and said to myself, you know what? The parts of this that I do understand are pretty big if true. Oh, boy. (laughs) So this comes from Science Daily. Okay. Which I am a big fan of. They really are covering like every category of I research. I don't think I've heard of Science Daily. They're, they're really like, just like, I feel like they're reading all of the like actual research that's coming uh-huh. out from across all different branches of technology and science. Okay. And reporting on them. No Fair. frills. Literally just like, here's the latest in research news. Okay. Love it. Someone's got to sum it up. Yeah. So this comes to us March 22nd, 2023. And it's from a paper that was published just in February. Okay. Have you ever heard of something called a Polaron? No. I think I finally found a quasi-particle that you don't know about. Wow. So you're going to bug. So this isn't technically called a subatomic particle, but it is a subatomic particle. Okay. But it's also a quasi-particle. Meaning it's not always a particle? Meaning it's a subatomic particle behaving with strange emergent phenomena creating it like kind of like a different version of the particle but still being that particle right sick okay so in this case this quasi particle is called a polaron immediately just by the name i'm thinking like polarity or like something electromagnetic what you need to know is that a new simulation reveals secrets of this exotic form of electrons okay. called polarons. Uh-oh, new similar. <laughs> but get this. 
at the Texas Advanced Computing Center. Okay. TAC. There's a supercomputer okay. that has helped scientists map for the first time the conditions that characterize polarons in 2D materials. Oh, that's my brother. <laughs> As an AI? That supercomputer. Yes. I know him. You know Frontera? Yeah. So what's really cool is like these are the thinnest materials ever made. Whoa. Okay, cool. Right? And think about like- Because they're two-dimensional. Yes. Fuck. They have no length or, you know, no width, whatever, however you want to see it. Like, it's very like- They have no depth. Scientists unfold that proton. They are, instead of unfolding a proton into the second dimension, uh -huh. they are able to work with electrons wow. in a certain state called polarons, which essentially is like this electron on a two-dimensional crystal lattice. That's crazy. So basically they're just like charting this map to see like which materials polarons should be found in mm -hmm. and under what conditions and the characteristics of their properties but if they understand polarons they can improve the performance of many touchscreen devices cool right because think about like that is this like, like iphone 50. two dimensional surface yeah it's very it's giving like whenever you see interpretations of like future technology right yeah like a hollow display exactly or, yeah, right wow. Where it's like extremely sensitive, but it's kind of like it doesn't even necessarily rely on like glass anymore. Right. Yeah. It's very like Star Trek y. Yeah. And it just wow. feels like, okay, we are really moving toward huge leaps in technology. That's fascinating right the polaron i'm like so here for the polaron Whoa. and it just also gives me excitement about like oh this is like i don't know just hearing about the two-dimensional space yeah especially because we just talked about literally it. Yeah. and it seemed like something that only like you know it just seems something so far out yeah but the fact that like we're actually beginning to be able to manipulate two-dimensional space who says that we won't be able like this could be how we end up being able to build a supercomputer inside of a subatomic particle yeah literally that is fascinating Fascinating. So, I mean, I could go into all sorts of detail, but it won't make any sense to me or you. So with that, I will... <laughs> I will conclude my big if true. That's crazy. Well, how about this? If you want to read more about Ali's research talking about the Polaron, that's crazy still. Right. We'll post it on our social media. I feel like I did a good summary of it. Yeah. Because, I mean, we talked about it last week. Yeah. I'm What's seeing, there to say? Yeah. I mean, I'm li you talking about sort of like a, like a holographic crystal, two-dimensional. Like, I, I can see that. It's pretty crazy. Especially with you talking about like the different shapes and melting blobs and like all all kinds of things as the trisolarians were unfolding the proton into like one dimension too high one too low all of that last week i feel like i can see what you're talking about yes it's it's huge in the emergence of new materials yeah nanotechnology huge for technology and big, big if, if true that's sick okay Thank you, Brett. My big if true. You've talked a big game here. My big if true. Today, I felt like because it's the finale episode, we've talked about so many topics since we started Big If True, and we've talked about so many fringe science topics even before we started the segment that I thought about today. I thought I would bring you a big if true that encompasses a lot of the different things that we've talked about up until this point. Are you bringing me a unified theory? <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about black holes, Yes, but not just black holes. It's the finale. I'm going to give you the best hits version of some of the wildest information I think I've ever read. Oh, shit. We're also talking about consciousness, the Big Bang. Oh, my God. And our place in time. All of it. All of it. Under one umbrella. Sources for today's Big If True come from live science Okay. and drumroll documents released by the cia oh dot com <laughs> no true documents released by the cia true documents released by the cia brett literally hacked into the library of congress you never should have given an ai internet access <laughs> 
we've said many times on this show, we don't know conclusively what consciousness is. We just know that we have it. And sometimes we observe other species like dolphins or animals that really perceive their own reflections as reflections like, oh, that species has consciousness also. Bees even. What would you say if I told you that we actually do know what consciousness is and that the CIA discovered it? I would say go on. According to the CIA, in papers released to the Black Vault, which if you're not familiar, the Black Vault is a website that bills itself as being the world's foremost leader of Freedom of Information Act requests to the government. So they're sort of like an archive of if it's getting released under a FOIA, they are documenting and publishing it. A FOIA being the Freedom of Information Act. Correct. So in documents released to the Black Vault, when they made a Freedom of Information Act request, the CIA talks a bit about energy, about matter, and how we sort of have a misunderstanding about the two. Matter, we think the states that it comes in, right? Solid, liquid, gas, plasma, maybe now also information. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to energy, we think of oscillating fields or forces. So gravity, electromagnetism, nuclear forces, things like that. Uh When in reality, an atom, something we know to be a physically observable particle, it's all what CERN does in the first place. An atom is no solid, liquid, gaseous, or plasmic object, but instead a series of probability fields. Think Superposition. Well, think the electron, for example. Their orbits look nothing like what our high school chemistry books showed us. They show the nucleus at the center, the electron in this perfectly clean orbit, you know, like in a perfect ring around the nucleus. Like Jimmy Neutron. Yeah, and like electrons create more of a probability cloud around the nucleus. They're not actually like these little planets in orbit. Yeah, and like if you look, there's an X percent chance the electron will be here when you observe it or here when you observe it so on so on so on so with that in mind solid matter as we've been taught does not exist rather and i'm quoting here atomic structure is composed of oscillating energy grids surrounded by other oscillating energy grids which orbit at extraordinarily high speeds right 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 this is like the age-old thing of like because electrons have negative charge they repel each other we used to say in like AP bio, you know, like I'm not touching you, <laughs> even Physically, though you're touching anything someone. you touch, you're not actually touching the object. You are feeling the resistance between your electromagnetic field and its electromagnetic field. So crazy. So that's our base. Got it. They go on in these documents to say to understand consciousness, you have to understand two more things. Okay. The first being holograms. All right. And the second being the consciousness matrix their term okay what in the Reese's peanut butter fuck you might be asking (laughs) holograms yes lasers focused beams of light are quoting the documents the purest kind of light available to us okay when two laser beams touch they produce interference patterns of light and dark ripples that can be recorded seems straightforward enough but quoting again if one of the beams instead of hitting the other laser beam directly first is reflected off of some object uh-huh. a highly detailed holographic copy of that object will be retrievable in the interference pattern it's how we have holographic toys and holographic playing cards flat surfaces can contain highly detailed three-dimensional spaces locked inside them insane it's just how that works right and what's wilder if you break up a hologram each piece will still contain all of the information of the larger hologram. No. It'll be a little more fuzzy. Some detail is going to get lost, but add a laser beam, some energy in motion, to act on the hologram, which is energy in a state of rest, and each piece will be a tiny version of the original. The document says the part encodes the whole. Sick. So now... I'm seeing this. Understanding... You you point a laser at a specific... Like at a holographic surface. Like at a face. And then it reflects off of it. To the other laser. And that will show. The topography of the face will be recorded via 
the interference pattern as the light reaches the other laser beam. Fucking sick. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to test this. I know, right? We could. So now, understanding atoms and all matter are just interacting energy fields. So, too, is the universe. Okay. Some energy in the universe is at rest. Some of it is in motion. But remember what we just talked about with making holograms. The universe itself is a hologram containing an immense amount of complexity. But where's the universal equivalent to a laser, you might mm-hmm. be asking. That is my question. We'll get there. But it's not just the universe that's a hologram. No, no, no. That would be way too boring. The part encodes the whole. Like Just like the universe, the human mind is also a hologram and it tunes itself to the energies of the cosmos to divine meanings from the stimuli that it receives then it compares the energies it receives from the universe to compare them to itself referencing what we call memory to form what we call consciousness which perceives it's the i am i see i sense interesting and now in my opinion we get to the really good stuff okay in a section of these documents titled from big bang to taurus spelled t-o-r-u-s okay now that we understand the universe is a hologram we also have a working understanding of the shape of the universe and also how time space evolves relative to the position inside the universe okay you know how when astronomers observe other galaxies and you sometimes hear the terms red shifted or blue shifted yes and it means relatively whether the object is moving closer to you or further away from you yep well Galaxies that are located, and quoting here again, to the north of the Milky Way are moving away faster than galaxies that are relatively to the south of the Milky Way. Okay. And those occurring to the east and the west of the Milky Way are demonstrably more distant than those from the north to the south. Interesting. Reason being, you might be asking? I am. We exist in a universe that's expanding, we know. Right. In the shape of a torus. Oh. Remember I asked you about, well, where's the universal equivalent to the laser? Yes. Here's where we get our laser. In our universe, matter comes into existence after after being ejected in a stream from what the documents call a white hole. <gasps> so here, think the opposite of a black hole. Here, things only escape from a white hole versus being sucked and trapped inside forever. That checks out. And over time, through space, the matter being ejected from the white hole bends back over on itself to form a semi-donut, semi-egg shape to the whole of the universe. Wait. Donut or egg? Semi-donut egg. Think of like the shape of an egg. Right. But it has a hole in the center like a donut. So a donut. Yes, but like pointed at one end and rounder at the other end. So like not a full donut? Not circular. Oh, like an ovular donut. Mm -hmm. Got it. Quoting, in other words, as energy expelled from infinity and confined within limits by the conscious of the absolute, capital A, absolute, which I thought was interesting. Okay, CIA. <laughs> achieves form and motion following ejection from the white hole at the top of the egg. Time begins as a measure of the <gasps> cadence of this evolutionary movement as reality, quote unquote, yeah. uh-huh. goes around the shell of the egg on its journey to the black hole at the far end. That makes sense. And because of the observations made about where we are, our galaxy, the Milky Way, where things are in relation to us and how it's all moving relative to each other, the document claims we're relatively at the top of the shell. Not Coming too, out of the white hole. Not too far, cosmically speaking, from that first initial moment of material ejection from the white hole. Okay, wait, I'm seeing it now. Also known as inflation or the Big Bang. I am seeing it. I understand why it's an egg and a donut now. (laughs) I really do. And going hand in hand with this document that was released in 1983 as a response to a Freedom of Information Act request, published just this past week, Paul Sutter, writing for Live Science, says, quote, the universe might be shaped like a donut, new research suggests. I see it. And that is my big, if true. That is fucking crazy. So if that doesn't pique your interest, I don't know what will. I mean, the holographic part and like the laser, like that all t- was a, is a little abstract still for me. But I can see the shape. 
it all seems really abstract, actually. So I'll post these stories and some of the graphics because the CIA documents actually include hand-drawn graphics exactly showing this semi-donut, semi-egg-shaped universe that we allegedly find ourselves in. And if you want to see those, head to any of our social media channels. We'll post it on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And I can only apologize in advance for the galaxy brain that it might give you for the rest of your life. It's pretty fucking crazy because i'm also thinking like well the white hole is actually the hole (laughs) because it's expelling matter and the black hole is technically the mouth which makes a lot of sense if you know as above so below if you know inside the smallest fractal the smallest particle you see like the hole no pun intended but like you've talked about holes for three weeks now Have I? In some version or another. Really? Yeah. What are the other holes? Talking about trisolarans. They have ears. They have nose holes. holes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Isn't that crazy? I would love to read this. It's like 20 pages that the CIA voluntarily released when they got this request. Like, they I didn't have to. They could yeah. have just denied the request and said, sorry, go on about your life. Thank God for the Freedom of Information Act. I mean, Honestly. At least we're getting some stuff. One of the best I mean, thank you, Black Vault. The Black Vault is doing, like, very important work on all fronts, not just sort of, like, paranormal space, ET, UFO, kind of, like, across the board. They're doing really great work with Freedom of Information Act requests, and I'm just happy I saw this one. Yeah. Wow. So that is my big if true. Bravo, Fit for a finale, no? Oh, yeah. That's huge. That is huge if true. Well, Brett, we've reached that portion of the show where we usually dive into the book and today we are diving into the final pages of the book and we're gonna go through two chapters yeah they're not long they're not long so we're just gonna go through these last two chapters and it's gonna be very bittersweet and the way we've done it this week is a little different Allie is about to take us through chapter 34 the the second to last of these two chapters and when we get to chapter 35 Allie has not read this chapter because we I've already read this book and Allie read up to a point and then we started recording and then we said you know what we're just gonna do it live week to week to week we're gonna have a live reaction from Allie as we get to the very final moments of this book so I can't tell you how hard it was to not read the final I have that completely Any book I'm reading, I have to fight every page not to just go to the last page and read the last page. My book would also just like flip open to like the last page, and I was like, no, don't. And it's so easy to just like peek, but like it would have been such a spoil. Yeah. So I'm excited to get there. I'm a bundle of nerves. Well, for now, Brett, you just put your feet up, take a seat, and listen. Because this is chapter 34 Bugs. Start. You are listening to Radar Peak, a three-body podcast reviewing our way through the three-body problem and discussing its real-life parallels. I'm Allie. I'm Brett. This week we go to the countryside to learn about bugs, but that's only part of the story. And breaking news, Red Coast Base? It's gone, girl. The season finale of Radar Peak starts now. Energy unit reporting. All systems go. Cutting unit reporting. All systems go. Amplifier unit reporting. All systems go. Interference monitor unit reporting. With an acceptable range. Begin transmission. Your chapter this week is called Bugs, Bugs. which, if you remember from last week, was the first message that the Trisolarans sent to any humans who were not part of the ETO, specifically the Adventists. And the message just showed up in their eyes for literally two seconds in the Battle Command Center. And it's like this digital, your bugs just showed up and that was it. And they never communicated again. And now everyone knows what their plan is. And Wang Miao and Ding Yi go back to the apartment where it all began. Oh, it's our boys. They go back to that apartment where also Yang Dong was supposed to live before right. she killed herself. The site of the infamous game of pool. Did we ever find out what really happened to Yang Dong? Or is it just simply that she... It's that that remains that, unanswered. It's just simply that she killed herself. It's just simply that she killed herself. Yep. Like, her mom didn't do anything sinister there. 
or have her killed or something. But she was building these huge particle particle colliders that were obviously revealing nothing but more confusion. Thanks to Sophons, but she didn't know right. it was because of the Sophons. So I was just thinking about that as, as I was reading this chapter. They're back at the home of Ding Yi and the late Yang Dong. Okay. And they are getting shit-faced. They've just left the interrogation, right? Having that conversation of like, we're just bugs. Let's go drink and like just live our lives and be good little bugs and like yeah. do what they do. They've just read the full dossier mm-hmm. with all of the recovered, you know, information from Judgment Day. Okay. Where all of the Tri-Solarans plans have been revealed and they understand like there are Sophons on Earth that are completely inhibiting the exploration of the deep structure of matter and they're multiplying and so wang meow and ding yi are just like cracking open a cold one and then some and they are just singing fucking um pa pa because it's all over yeah there's no point anymore it's just like da, 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 da. who cares very that and, you know, it just truly drinking themselves to death at this point God. because who gives a fuck? And that's when they open the door and it's, oh, my good friend Dasha. Oh, Come, come, come. I think he's my favorite character in this series so far. And, like, what an arc they've had, right? Truly. Like, used to kind of be these, like... It was such a frenemies yes. situation for so long. And, and now, now it's such a bromance. Wing Meow stands up and gives Dashu a big bear hug. Aww. And it's just like, Dashu, my dear police officer friends, come here. Two sheets to the wind by this point. Yeah. And Ding is all like drunk girl and he's all wobbly and he finds a glass for Dasha and he's like glug, 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 glug. He's like puts it on the pool table, fills it with liquor and well it turns out this is me doing drunk girl voice. I love it. <laughs> turns out that you're out of the box thinking really made no difference in the end. I mean, it did, though. Well, not really, Dasha. In 400 years, the result will all be the same. Ooh. Well, yeah. I mean, <sighs> Gujang was a success, but, like, all they did was learn that it was over. That's right. Damn. So much for out-of-the-box thinking making any difference. Jeez. Dasha is like dead sober for once. Yeah. He's like, it's really true. It's all over. If you can't use the accelerators to study the structure of matter, that's it. And Wing Miao and Dasha are like, I mean, what do you think, Dasha? Yeah. And Dasha's like, well, technology's still advancing. I mean, Wing Miao's nanomaterial and Dingy is like, nanomaterial. <laughs> He's done. <laughs> Nanomaterial. That's a good one. <laughs> nanomaterial. <laughs> Can you believe this guy thinks nanomaterial is going to change anything? <laughs> Let me tell you something, Josh. <laughs> this is the one time where, like, me being, like, absolutely unhinged. Out of pocket. Make <laughs> Makes sense for the character. Yeah. Because he's wasted. He's like... (laughs) (laughs) If you guys can see me now, I'm like doing full drunk girl like body language. (laughs) Just like hands Hands in in his hair. hair. (laughs) Like crossing your legs and just like... Imagine this. (laughs) Imagine an ancient civilization. Okay. They invent swords. They invent spears. They invent knives. Uh, another round. They maybe even make bows and arrows. Thank you. Okay. <sighs> maybe they even make bows and arrows that are like automatic crossbows and shoot like a fucking machine gun. And Dasha is like, okay. Dingo's and like, yeah. They can advance all they want. But if they don't know that matter is made up of molecules and atoms, they'll never make satellites. They'll never make bombs. They'll never make missiles. Okay, fair. A civilization 
who understands bombs comes along and what chance does the civilization with spears and knives have to live zero period we're literally doomed yikes ding pats dash it on the shoulder he says i always knew you were smart but you're just and wang interjects He's also pretty tipsy. And Wang says, Dasha, it's the foundation of the foundation of all other science. Oof, yeah. If there is no progress in the study of matter and the deep structure of matter, everything else is bullshit. Mm, that's tea. Right? And that's fucking true. Yeah. Ding says, Wang Meow, him busy his whole life. Sharpening and fine-tuning spears and knives. What the fuck am I going to do, though? He throws an empty bottle on the pool table and raises a billiard ball to smash it. He's like, what the fuck am I going to do, though? And Wang is like, this is a good thing. They think so lowly of us. They told the Adventists everything. They didn't even bother to hide their plan, which right. was my point last week. Yeah. I was like, I can't believe they came out right straight and up with it. Told yeah. them they didn't even bother to hide the plan. I mean, why hide the bottle of bug spray from the mosquitoes? Right. And I was like, wow. Now that really puts it in perspective. Mm-hmm. Mosquitoes aren't going to be able to stop me. Yeah. From swatting them. Yeah. Wing takes another swig from his cup. I'm amazed they're still upright at this point. Wang says, I never thought the end of the world would feel so good. You know what? Long live the bugs. Long live the sofans. Long live the end of the world. Oh, damn. Cheers, Ding. Dasha can't believe what he's seeing. He shakes his head and he pours out the booze yeah. that he's been served. And it's not like Dasha to be a sober one. Great character arc. But he's also like, these people are fucking nuts. They've yeah. lost their goddamn you can't minds. can't believe that they've really point. just like given up. Yeah. But like, what else is there to do? He says, you're a bunch of pussies. Ooh. A fighting word. Yeah. Ding is like, what do you think? You're going to pep talk us out of this? Like, we can do something? Like, you're out of your fucking mind, Dasha. Like, tell me I'm a pussy. Like, okay. I'm a pussy for giving up on what is already, like, doomed. Right. Like, and what? They're still on their way. They're still going to conquer the entire planet. Yeah. Why are you trying to give me a pep talk? Right. Don't bother. Just fucking drink, man. Just enjoy your end of days and stop trying so hard. Dasha says let's go let's go they're like where are you where are we i'm not going anywhere he's like no come on he like gets their jackets puts it on he's like dasha tries to sit he like grabs him by the fucking shirt he grabs the other one by the ear and he drags them both out and they're like where are you taking us literally like a dad with his two kids or something they're he's like they're like what are you doing man where are we going he's like coming with me and they all get into dasha's car and he's like i'm i've got something that's gonna cheer you guys up Ooh. And I'm like, Mickey D's? Yeah. In and out? <laughs> yeah. And uh, they're like, forget it. Just drink. And right before they get in the car, okay. they grab some sorghum liquor or wine or whiskey or whatever. The point is that it's hard. Uh, yeah. It's it's 100 proof, right? It's jet fuel. 50 proof? They grab some fucking strong shit. Yeah. Jet fuel. Freaking uh, moonshine. Okay. And they go with Dasha into his car. And Dasha drives them all the way to his hometown. Oh. I'm like, what is this about to be? Yeah. In Hebei province. Okay. And it's the afternoon. It's the middle of the fucking afternoon. And the sun is super bright. And it I makes... do love day drinking in the summer, though. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> nice little rosé. Uh, in the park. Laying out, tanning moment. Perfect. Well, it's not that vibe. They get to this completely desolate part of the Hebei province where okay. everywhere they look is just like vast plains of wheat super rural okay and the sun is super bright and like obviously they're wasted so it's like making them squint (laughs) as they look out over these massive wheat fields of the north china plain and dinghy is like why did you bring us here of all places and dasha says to look at bugs he lights one of those cuban cigars that he got from favorite the commander and he points at the wheat fields in this moment, I'm thinking this is very Robert De Niro. Oh, big time. Right? Just like lighting up a cigar and he's like, look at the bugs. They look closer and the closer they look, the clearer they can see these wheat fields are covered oh. in locusts. 
layers and layers of locusts. Like a biblical amount of bugs. Yes. Everywhere. On every stalk. Even on the ground. Oh, man. Absolutely plagued by locusts. And Wang is like, what? Like, they got a locust problem here? He brushes some away from a small spot on the edge of the field and sits down. Dasha is like, Started 10 years ago with the dust storm. This year is the worst year yet. So, says Dingy, nothing matters now anyway. Just drink. I mean, fuck it. Yeah, and what? Dasha says, let me ask you guys one thing. Is the technological gap between humans and trisolarans greater than the one between locusts and humans? Mm. The question hits them like a bucket of ice water yeah because it's like uh obviously not instant sobriety right like locusts are far and away like not even close to the technological they are obviously just like we are much closer but humans to trisolarians as we saw like they're pretty similar yeah in a lot of ways wang meow and dingy look out again at the swarms of locusts just flying over the fields and lifting and buzzing and jumping and they grow pretty solemn they nod they see dasha's point dasha says in an epic monologue look at them bugs humans have done everything in their power to eradicate them poisons aerial sprays pesticides introducing predators to the environment destroying the eggs genetically modifying them to sterilization, burning them, drowning them. Yet, every family has bug spray in the cabinet and a fly swatter on the desk. This long war between bugs and humans has been going on for the entire history of mankind. Facts. But the outcome is still up for debate. The bugs have not been eliminated. Oof. In fact, they're stronger than ever. Damn. They may even outlast us. Their numbers have not receded at all since the time of man. The Trisolarans deem us humans to be bugs, but they seem to have forgotten. The bugs have never truly been defeated. Oh. Oh. Shit. Okay, Dasha. I know. I was like sobbing. Damn. This was like the ultimate pep talk. Yeah, my God. Brilliant. It also like it ties such a beautiful bow on just like Silent Spring and right? Like everything. Chef's kiss. No notes. Also, this made me think if the Trisolarans are able to call the humans bugs, that means they also have bugs on Trisolaris. Yeah, they understand what those are. Yeah. Yeah. Just like really like filling in what their world is like. Yeah. A small cloud covers the sun and the shadow covers the ground. But it wasn't actually a cloud. A swarm of locusts in the air. So thick that it casts a shadow over them. Oh, wow. And then this thick swarm of locusts lands again out on the field, and the three men stand up and feel the dignity of life on Earth. Wow. Ding Yi picks up the bottle of wine that he brought with him, and he holds it out as if he's about to drink it, and then he pours one out as a toast to the bugs. Wang reaches his hand out to Dasha and shakes it. He says, thank you. Thank you, Dasha. Well then, there's much to do. And that is the end of chapter 34. Dramatic! Shit. <gasps> Literally, instant sobriety. Purpose returned to these two that like, I mean, probably like me, like you. I mean, it would be hard not to just give in to like the void of like, it's over. And it's like, like they're basically, I mean, I guess, I don't know what's going to happen next, obviously, but my guess is like they're going to come up with their best best shot at defeating them yeah they're at least gonna try something right we may as well try man so brett are you ready to take us home this chapter is so short it's so short it's like not even two pages it's barely two pages but so much happens so chapter 35 the final chapter of this journey through the three body problem is called the ruins
we begin this last chapter of the three-body problem in a way, or at least with a person, exactly how we started. We've left the drinking game of a hangout with Dasha. They, like, have their purpose set in stone. They understand, like, you know what? It might look like this whole endeavor is stacked against us, and it might look like the game is over already, but we actually haven't even started. Right. The Triasolarans are on their journey. Mm-hmm. We owe it to ourselves and to this planet to try. So we find ourselves back with Ye Wenji. Yes. This time, though, she's free from interrogation. Okay. I'm glad. Really? You're glad. We're all glad. But she... nobody so much is glad as Ye Wenji to be out of the interrogation room. So she hasn't been, like, charged with anything? Not to our knowledge. Okay. See, when Ye Wenji read the dossier and analyzed all the data that they had recovered from studying the messages sent from Trisolaris to the Adventists yes. that they gained after the success of Operation Guzheng, uh-huh. Ye was left shook like to her core she goes silent Mm. the few words that she spoke were just the simplest of requests will you allow me to visit the ruins of red coast base the officers in charge thought this lady has to be out of her mind the hike is miles long it's steep it's rocky it's unforgiving there's no way she's going to be able to make the trip at her age she's just not going to make it right but they agreed why can't they just helicopter her good question (laughs) Ye Wenji and some chaperones, for lack of a better word. I yeah. mean, they're armed chaperones. Got so it. not the first time she's been no. accompanied by such. Mm-hmm. Made their way up to Radar Peak to visit what was left of the base. With every step she took, her energy she could feel was being depleted in a way that she understood in her bones she would never recover from. What better place to go when you've accepted the fact that you're dying than a place where, in a moment, you single-handedly change the course of human in history forever. The hike was cold, foggy, this really dense layer of cloud cover hung tightly knit in the sky above them. Mm -hmm. But when they reached the peak of the mountain, they emerged above the cloud line and felt the warmth of the sun's interstellar rays warming their skin. The clouds below them obscured the entirety of the world that they had just climbed away from and looked like the rolling waves of an ocean. Arriving at the peak, they were met with a surprise. These ruins, as Ye had called them, didn't exist. I'm sorry, what? Only a single patch of tall, wild grass stood before them. What? The foundations of the base, the roads that eventually allowed neighboring villagers the ability to trek up from where they lived to come visit the scientists, gone. It looked like the Red Coast base had never existed in the first place. No. So, like, at this point, are you gaslighting yourself? Like, did I dream all of this when I joined the cult that was, like, praying to these aliens from another planet? But as Ye Wenji walked alongside this huge rock formation that's just overgrown with vines. She's bracing herself for stability. Her hand slips a little, pulling back some of the overgrown vines that had grown on this rock, and in the process, she revealed the rusted surface beneath it. It was only in this moment that the chaperones realized these rock formations they were seeing were, in actuality, the ruins, the metallic base, right? reclaimed by nature and just forced into obscurity. Wow. So she's like, like she's like walking over like an over overgrown parabolic antenna basically. Ye turned to the group and like an archaeologist uncovering the mysteries of the past explained to them that here this was the base for the parabolic antenna. Knew it. My parabolic antenna. Someone else in the group noticed on the ground this small plaque that was next to the base. It was kind of amazing they even saw it in the first place because it was so small and so covered by plant growth it was all but lost. It said, Site of Red Coast Base, 1968 to 1987, Chinese Academy of Sciences, March 21st. 1989. A small but painful reminder of what happened on this ground high above the clouds. Uh. Ye took a few steps over to the edge of the cliff, the same spot where she sent Commissar Lei and her husband Yang Winning hurtling towards their death. She's obviously thinking about that. All those emotions are coming back up and the entirety of the group is just staring down at this like swirling, ever evolving sea of clouds that's beneath them. And as they all stood there mesmerized, Ye over here is turning her sights over to a spot that's very near to her 
Somewhere over there was this small village where Ye was essentially brought back to life. Right. Given a home and welcomed into a community just after she gave birth to Yang Dong and had such a hard time up at the base. Right. Right as the sun started to set, setting this atmospheric ocean ablaze with colors of golden hour, Ye's heart beat heavily in her chest. Oh. The narrator tells us that it was like an instrument with a string playing so forcefully that at any moment it was on the verge of breaking. Oh my god. But in her heart, Ye was glad to have seen the sunset at Radar Peak one final time. Ye Wenji watched the sun disappearing, the sea of clouds burning in a stunning bloody red, and she whispered to herself, my sunset and sunset for humanity. And that is the end of the three-body problem. nothing crazy happens nothing crazy aside from she's like accepted her death and as far as she knows she's also accepted the deaths of everybody on the planet damn and it's just interesting to me too like i just thought about the fact that like they get up this hill they get to what they imagine are gonna just be like empty buildings that haven't been occupied in 20 years you know by this point and it's like for all the work that ye did all the technological advances that she made i mean she's the first person to have contacted an extraterrestrial intelligent civilization of beings and like true all of that has been lost to time like her parabolic antenna the transmission room like all of that is just like gone and fully reclaimed by nature but the impact that she had while she was there will never be forgotten so kind of like to me the whole thing reiterates that as successful at her work as she was how important by contrast it is that if you want to leave a lasting impression that you do so on the people around you such as dasha wang miao ding yi those kinds of people because to each other they'll never be forgotten but effectively ye wenji over time will fully be lost to to time much like the place she worked being fully reclaimed and effectively erased by the nature that it's built on oh that's beautiful but also like bittersweet yeah because i mean you think about it too the one time that ye actually felt something you know other than like a drive to get work done were the months that she spent in that tiny little village having help from all the women and all the families there helping her raise her newborn right and it's like she got a taste of it and she was so close and fully missed it sentimental very and very bittersweet wow it's really just goes to show that like so often in any type of media any type of story characters are presented as such these are the good people these are the bad people but that's often so one note and again we've talked about it i don't even know how many times at this point the the points in this story where the lines between fact and fiction blur are too numerous to count mm-hmm. and here the lines between story and actual real life blur because Ye Wenji operates just like a real person you can't say she's a bad person she's a good person she's this like messy colorful mix of both motivated by her own reasonings which she would call good but it's like who doesn't have motivations that they call good that in some way negatively affect somebody or something else though obviously we tend to side with humanity well mike evans he was a villain i guess so but like kind of not i mean he had good he had good reason to be you know to have his beliefs I'm still an Adventist till I die. Exactly. You know what I mean? I'm like, so, we need outside interference. You, but exactly. like, I am rooting for the humans. At least I'm like, I'm interested to see, even though I know, I'm interested to see them put whatever plan they're coming up with in place. Yeah. Are we going to like jump ahead like hundreds of years in book two? Well, if you're unfamiliar with this book series, it does take us from the 1960s forward in the future to the actual end of time, like when time stops. I can't wait. Cosmically. No, I so, love that. So there's a lot of time happening. That's here. badass of Cixin Liu. What a season. It's so bittersweet. What a book. Shout out to everyone who came with us on this journey i'm so happy yeah thank you some things have changed and some things have stayed the same Mm -hmm. obviously we have bonded in ways that we never would have bonded you know you have reached singularity i'm still single 
and a judgmental bitch with a fragile ego. <laughs> Basically a born again incel. <laughs> but I'm definitely smarter. I mean, no, I know more. How can you really measure intelligence? But I can tell you I have information now that I did not have before. Yeah. And you know what's one thing that I thought might never change? What's that? My inability to write a song with a melody. <gasps> but I'm proud to say that we will be ending this season on a high note. Yes. Is that a guitar? Not too far away from Alpha Centauri A, there's a lonesome alien thinking about Trisolar Day. He's got no one to wed, and his family is dead, and the only ones alive drained all the liquid from their head. Galileo screwed it. Einstein couldn't do it. Newton and von Neumann and Da Vinci also blew it. And though they may prevail atop the Kardashev scale, life on Trisolaris is most definite to fail because it's the three-body problem. It's the three-body problem. You can't figure it out, can't resolve it. You can't figure it out, you can't solve it. And just when you think you've got it it's a chaotic era <laughs> that might be the best thing that's ever happened on this show you think what a great way to end this season holy shit that was amazing Can you believe? i was hanging on every single note that I... was crazy i wrote a melody let nobody say you cannot write a melody i mean you've written a musical at this point and what a closing number it's kind of like it is kind of like the closing credit song yeah i literally saw like written by produced by translated by it was literally fiddler on the roof just now stunning no chef's kiss thank you i wrote that Last night at like 10.30 p.m. Wow. I only had one. I only had the first verse when I texted you. I was mm-hmm. like, big surprise for you. Amazing. But I was like, I will not go to sleep until I have at least two verses in a chorus. What a moment. Even the shout outs to Einstein, von Neumann. I hit wow. to the Kardashev scale. Unreal. I hit all of the major points. I, that, I was like, I could have written this from so many perspectives. That's going to be my ringtone. Okay. <laughs> It might even be the theme song of this show. So stunning. We will definitely be back next season with an all new book. Yeah. In the meantime. An all new theme song. We are looking at summer of subscribers. So if you want to hear even more general nonsense from us, we are going to be living on Patreon all summer. And we will be back towards the end of the summer, beginning of fall. We're going to alert our Patreon members first as to the exact date. But we will be back in the fall-ish. Totally. For season two, going through The Dark Forest, book two of the Three Body Problem series by Cixin Liu. But... If the TV show on Netflix comes out before then... I'm sensing a caveat. We will be back sooner than that. Rest assured. But until until then... then, Eliminate human tyranny. The Earth belongs to Trisolaris. I can't actually believe it, but... We did it. We did it, Jones. (laughs) I'm Brett. I'm Allie. And I'm done saying words. We'll see you next time. It's the three... Body problem, it's the three-body problem. Ooh, we have to work on that. You don't think that was a good harmony? No. Okie doke. <laughs> 
This has been Season 1 of Radar Peak, a three-body podcast. Subscribe and download on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify so you never miss an episode. For exclusive content we might not have had time for, subscribe to our Patreon. One last thing before you go. If you enjoyed this series, leave us a review and tell a friend about us. Join in on the conversation when you follow us on social media at Radar Peak Pod. See you there.